You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 11. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Today's question comes from Stacy. I really want my son to eat healthy, but he is such a picky eater. It drives me crazy that he's so resistant to the foods I like to cook. I keep presenting the same foods to him, hoping he'll come around like the experts suggest. But I have heard that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. I've also heard that when it comes to parenting, consistency is key. When something isn't working, how do I know when to stay consistent or when it's time to try something else? Well, I love this question, Stacey, because it demonstrates how mothering is more of an art than a science. I think it really comes down to what works best for you. And the most important thing, in my opinion, is for you to enjoy your kids. If their idiosyncrasies start driving you crazy or you find yourself bending over backwards and building resentment, then these are reasons to change more than some arbitrary rule. It was actually Einstein who's credited for saying that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. He was not home with kids trying to get them to eat broccoli. So we need to listen to you rather than someone else. So the parent education answer is, as you may already know, you've probably Googled it, like how to help a picky eater. So, but I'm gonna go over it really briefly. If you lay down a rule, like no dessert unless you try everything on your plate, then you certainly want to be consistent. When parents are consistent in their rules, it makes kids feel safe, helps them be able to predict the consequences of their actions, helps them respect your authority. You want your kids to believe you when you say things, and being consistent in words and actions is crucial. So the conventional advice for picky eaters is to sit down together as a family. Children learn by imitation, so letting them watch you enjoy your food is great modeling. Always include at least one thing on the plate that you know your child likes. You want to encourage your child to cook with you and help prepare meals because then it makes the foods more familiar. We're just working on making food friendly, right? So it looks friendly. They've seen it before. They've touched it before. Maybe they've tried it before. Playing games with food is perfectly okay. Conventional wisdom says that kids need to taste a food 10 times before it becomes familiar. So there's a point for consistency. A study was done in England. They wanted to figure out what is the most effective way to get a non-broccoli eating child to try broccoli. And what they found that works the best is to have a teenager of the same gender sit across from the child at a table and happily devour a bowl of broccoli without ever speaking a word to the child. So that's the most effective method. So if you don't have a teenager around, (laughs) then it's a little tricky. You don't have as much power as a teenager does. 
But if you've got one, next family gathering, if you've got cousins or neighbors or something, have them come over and eat broccoli in front of your kids. One of the things that worked for me, because I have been in this boat, was understanding my child's kind of unique pickiness. The way I see it is my son was a true picky eater. He had some sensory motor integration issues and was hypersensitive to sounds, to touch, to textures. So realizing that his sensitive palate was not his fault kind of gave me compassion and patience and helped me not get so frustrated with the situation. So I'm going to give you three tips that worked for cooking for a kid with a sensitive palate. Number one, cook and serve foods plain and separate so that he can anticipate the textures of each item. So rather than like casseroles or, you know, things that are blended together, he needed to be able to like predict what it was going to feel like on his tongue. In that case, we called him a separatist. And your kids, a lot of kids don't like their foods touching, um, but that was something that really helped. Number two, my kid was so repulsed by new food that he had a hard time looking at it, smelling it, even just having it on the table. So we had to really break down into baby steps. First, by just having a bowl of it on the table nowhere near him, but that he could like see it and smell it. And then we worked our way up to he had to keep it on his plate. He didn't have to eat it. He just had to eat the foods around it while having it on his plate. Then we worked our way up to like touching it or putting on his fork and touching it to his lips or his tongue. I mean, we really baby stepped. And then finally, eventually, you know, he can get around to eating it. So when something's a big task, anything's a big task, breaking it down into micro steps really helps. And so for some kids, trying new foods is a really big task. Number three, once we got him comfortable eating chicken, we could build on it by offering pork, but we called it chicken. He didn't know we were expanding his palate. So it was close enough. So you kind of think about like bridging foods. Like if they eat pumpkin pie, maybe they'll eat you know, smashed yams, and maybe he'll move to smashed carrots. And you kind of offer things of similar textures and colors. Once you've found something in one category, you can try and do that. But my daughter was picky in a completely different way. She didn't have a sensitive palate, just a strong will and strange opinions. <laughs> there were times she would only eat red food, or she'd eat mac and cheese every day for two weeks and then never again. This is what I call like kind of your typical childhood pickiness. We called her a pigatarian when her diet consisted of salami, sausage, and bacon. But shortly after, she turned into a sugar and carb-loving vegetarian. So this fickle eating drove me crazy in a completely different way because I never knew if she would eat what I served her. It did help when I noticed she had a three-day cycle. She would hardly eat anything for two days and then pig out on the third. <laughs> so once I recognized that, it helped me kind of relax and settle into her strange, quirky habits. But because she seemed so impossible to please, it was actually easier to try to let go and just cook the things that I wanted to cook for the rest of the family. So that's kind of the parent education and my own personal experiences with picky eating, is, of which I have many. But I wanted to just touch on the life coaching answer here. I love this question. How do you know when to throw in the towel on a rule that you have set, which doesn't seem to be working? I can give you an arbitrary answer and say, two weeks. Let's give it 
you know, 14 days to build a habit a routine. If it's still not working after that, fine. But really, it's just whenever you feel the urge to stab yourself in the eye with a kitty fork. <laughs> because super mom sanity has to be priority number one. Your child is not going to starve himself to death. Nutrition is important, yes. But your mental and emotional health comes first. It's easier for a kid to eat when they're relaxed, not having a stressed out crazy lady monitoring their protein intake. (laughs) So in order to prioritize your sanity, you need to actually pay attention to how you're feeling. How do you act when you feel stressed? What are you trying to control that you have no control over? Because that's always a sign. If you're struggling with something, you're trying to control something that you don't have control over. So pay attention to that. What are you ready to let go of? We can get so focused on our kids that we forget to pay attention to us and how we feel. So prioritize this and everything else will become easier. I want to throw in a word of warning. Make sure that eating doesn't become a power struggle. If you cling really tightly to what foods your kids should eat, it very likely may become an area where they push back and rebel against you. If you feel really strongly, then they'll feel really strongly in the opposite and turn it into a power struggle. If this is your situation, please email me. I think this deserves a whole other separate podcast, Power Struggles. Okay. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is Cognitive Dissonance. You can see how two thoughts, like be consistent and don't do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, are competing with each other. This cognitive dissonance feels uncomfortable. Whenever we have this, two competing beliefs that are in contradiction with one another, we feel stuck, we feel confused, we don't know which action to take. If you've got an area of your life where you feel uncomfortable, stuck, and confused, look for some contradictory thoughts and see where you can make a decision. Making a decision on either side will feel so much better. I totally did this while I was writing this blog and this podcast. I was really tired and I'm just like wandering around my laptop, like looking at Facebook, you know, avoiding things, like not, you know, opening it up and just committing and taking action on it. And I was just like, oh, should I take a nap? Should I do my podcast? Should I write it up? And I just stopped myself. I'm like, just choose one. So like I I chose the question that I was going to answer and then I took a nap. <laughs> and then when I woke up from the nap, I wrote the rest. It was bugging me so much to not know which one to do that I just felt so much better once I finally decided and committed. Indecision drains us. Should I go to the gym or walk the dog? It doesn't matter. Just choose one. It's the thinking about it and taking up real estate in the brain that makes us feel really tired. Should I sign myself up for a life coaching program or sign my daughter up for music lessons? Give yourself the freedom that comes from committing to a decision, knowing you can always change your mind. Today's Supermom Power Boost is, no surprise, taking care of number one. Most of my clients have a hard time putting their needs before their kids. But I want you to think about this for a minute. 
Do you know anyone whose mom doesn't take good care of herself? Maybe she doesn't take good care of her like mental and emotional health. Maybe she doesn't take good care of her physical health or even her financial health. I want you to think about that. It is such a drain on that child when their mom doesn't take good care of themselves. The most important gift we can give our kids is our own health and happiness. It sets them free to pursue their own health and happiness. So today's Super Mom Power Boost is to cook what you enjoy cooking, to do what you enjoy doing, to go to the movies by yourself, to send yourself flowers. Do you know what kind of flowers you like? Go to a floor shop and just browse and decide if you don't. Pick one. <laughs> Make a decision about what your favorite flower is going to be and then buy some for yourself. Do something to honor and appreciate yourself. This is not the job of our kids and our husbands, but we can teach them how to treat us. What I used to do is when my kids are younger and I was really immersed in it is once a month I would get the Oprah magazine in the mail and it was such a treat for me because I loved that magazine but also because what I would do is I would find a time in the next few following days to go out to dinner with Oprah. I would take myself (laughs) and my magazine and I would find a restaurant that was my choice I got to order the exact food that I wanted to eat. I didn't have to cook. I didn't have to do dishes. And the biggest one is I didn't have to listen to complaining. I got to read while I ate dinner and read something I was interested in. You know, we can get so hooked on focusing on our kids that we forget to focus on ourselves. So I really suggest building a routine around self-care. So you don't have to hit the boiling point every time you need a break. Creating consistency and making those decisions ahead of time around what you're going to do for yourself to treat yourself, to show appreciation for yourself, create some consistency around it. Because when you do, then the kids get used to it. They don't cling and cry because they know this is what mom does. And when they get accustomed to it and makes it so much easier for you to honor yourself and you deserve it, mama. Today's quote comes from the fabulous Glennon Doyle Melton. I have met myself and I'm going to care for her fiercely. You guys have a great day. I love you and love you. Bye-bye. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.